Good morning, Sac City. Welcome in to another edition of a Sac City podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, AJ Johnson. I hope everyone is awake and ready to go this morning after probably you probably went to bed really early last Not night early. through sleeping sleeping through the Colts Broncos game which was an absolute snooze fest but if you didn't we're going to recap that game and tell you all about it and uh discuss the interesting coaching decisions the interesting plays and all that and so much more we've also got our NFC home team game previews uh tonight or today as well um it features our London game with the Packers and the Giants. It features uh, the Cardinals and Eagles. Lots to talk about today. Of course, an injury report for Aaron. Um, let's let's uh, let's let's get right into it though. Let's 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 not waste any time. The Indianapolis Colts last night defeated the Denver Broncos in overtime, twelve to nine. That happened. A game was a game happened. It took place, and I believe one of us on this show. It's a little spicy this morning. It has a little bit of spice going on. It's the man who just briefly shook his head. Aaron, your <laughs> thoughts on this game last night? Well, first I want to I want to say this because I am always on the other side of what we're about to get into. I'm always the guy people come out, "Oh, that was the worst football game ever. It was so boring." Well, first of all, I have never really seen a boring football game. I'll be honest. I'm a huge football fan. I don't watch football and think boring. Um, so I'm not going to call that game boring, but normally I'm the guy that's like, oh, you think a bad football game is because they only scored 12 points and nine points. Like the defense doesn't play football. So I'm always on that side, right? I'm always the guy defending uh, the game itself and, you know, pumping up the defense that's played well. Last night's game was the worst football game I've ever seen played personally with my own eyes. And I, and I'm dead serious about this. The absolute worst football game I had ever seen. It wasn't the defense is being great. It was all the mistakes. It was watching two quote potential Hall of Fame quarterbacks looking like they had no business playing football. Um, it was the drop passes. It was the poor routes that were ran. It was the offensive line play. It was the no running game. It was the it was the coaching. It was everything in that game was poor. That was like watching one of those USFL, CFL type games where you're trying to find one player that stands out so they can make the league. That's what it was like to watch that NFL football game. It was a poorly played game. And, and I'm sorry. I, I And then at the very end of the game, it's going to overtime. And I'm like, Jesus, we actually have to watch more of this poor performance. Then at the very end, they say, well, join us next week when the Washington Commanders <laughs> are going to play the Chicago Bears. And it just made me cringe and my stomach started turning. I, I We're going to get into the details of the game, but I am so irritated at the two teams that we, that many people had high hopes for, um, and the showing that they put on last night. And I don't care who won. I don't care that the Colts won. I don't care that the Broncos are two and three and they're still in it. It was absolutely terrible of a football game. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. This is uh oh yeah. Well, hey, this can be that, that conspiracy theory, talk about Walmart. I mean, shout out the Denver Broncos, owned by Walmart, basically. So I mean that it kind of fits and ties into what we were talking about here, but um, yeah, no, that game, it gave, the game was miserable last night. It was, it was miserable from start to finish. 
Um, it was the first time since 1987 that an NFL game featured multiple picks, multiple sacks, multiple fumbles, and zero touchdowns. Uh, it, it, oh, it was since 1987, that, that first time. It, I can't even begin to really talk about what the mess that we saw last night. AJ, did you have any positive takeaways from last night's game or was it, is, are you on the same, the same boat here as, as Aaron, where it's just, that was poopy. I mean, it was positive that it ended. Uh, I was very happy when it was done. I, I, I would struggle to find some, honestly, man, like it's positive that football was on TV. I think <laughs> it's positive that Matt Ryan's not a Falcons quarterback anymore. But even then, I mean, like, I'm I'm, surp- I'm surprised you didn't you didn't say it. I that, I, te- I tried to tee you up for this. I tried to tee you up for a positive takeaway from the game because there was a positive takeaway from from an AJ Johnson side of things. From an Don't AJ Johnson, that's not side actually true. Don't say it. It's not true. Don't say it. I'm gonna roast. It's not true. Just stop being the box score guy. Don't say it. Oh, it's not true. <laughs> it's not I wa- true. I watched the game last night. But you're gonna say it, and it's not true. I'm telling you, it's not. What true. What am I gonna say? You're gonna say Alec Pierce had a good game, and he did not. I wasn't gonna say he had a good game. You're gonna say he got yards. He got receptions. I, <laughs> I was going to say that he got the targets and he got the receptions, and after the game. Matt Ryan was talking about how much he trusts him and likes Alec Pierce and how much he is a dog. But, and I think that's the positive. Does it matter issue. who Matt Ryan trusts right hey, now? Really? Hey, 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 hold on. You're going to get me on, so fired on, up. Hold on here. You're at a 10 right now. You need to be at I'm, a 2. I'm going to go to a 12. If you keep well, that, going that's down fine. Of, that, that's fine. It's path. good for ratings. It's good for ratings. But also, <laughs> but also, in a game where there was so much garbage, yeah, that's the literal issue. garbage. There has to be some type of silver lining. No, and there's but not. It took, but, no, there's not. Okay, so, but if I am if I was excited about Alec Pierce, which I was, and I do think he's a talented player, and I do think as time goes on, he'll get better, but it took that type of game for them to finally let him loose because nothing else could be done. Like that, sure, so it's positive for him that he got his hands on the pigskin, but it, what came of it? I mean, well, more field goals. That's all that well, came from the, the thing is, is maybe now, because we talked about going into this game, one of the stats we talked about was the stats of Matt Ryan when passing and targeting Michael Pittman versus everyone else, and it wasn't great. So maybe now moving forward, the Colts can have have something here. Maybe the they have reason Alec Pierce. Let me make the only reason Alec Pierce had catches last night is because Pat Sertan was on Michael Pittman most of the night. First of all, that's the first thing. Otherwise, the, you notice on most of those uh, Alec Pierce passes, it was Matt Ryan holding onto the football, moving up in the pocket and searching for a guy. Yeah, it took Alec Pierce 15 seconds to get open. That's what that's why he caught so many balls. Second thing, he fumbled. That was a bad play. Second, third thing, he actually ran two routes the wrong way and 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 Matt Ryan's throwing to nobody because of it like yes he ended the box score with eight catches or whatever for 70 80 yards cool story bro this doesn't mean he actually played well he didn't play well he just happened to be I, a product I, I of getting the ball and I didn't say he had a good game. I didn't say he had a great game. You I didn't said that silver lining. There was one good thing, <laughs> and, and you were wanting AJ to say and, his name. And literally, and like, so sh- basically, basically, when you and I'm going to make a very disgusting, very disgusting analogy here, but I'm going to do it anyways because it's the first thing that popped in my head. You know, when you have those Taco Bell shits or like Mexican <laughs> shits, and you're trying to find some hope Taco Bell. and some hope here. <laughs> 
and you're and you're finally finishing up, and then you're there. You're there's your silver lining. That <laughs> you should have thought better of it when you done. saw Bailey type it in the chat. That I honestly automatically did. That should automatically deter you from saying anything about that. I, it needed to be. It, it needed to be brought up. It needed to be brought up and discussed. <laughs> and I'm glad we did it. But can, other than can we that, talk about for, Matt, for, Matt Ryan and them now. Can we talk about the quarterbacks, please? Can, we're gonna talk. Yeah, we're now we're gonna talk about the game. The game itself and and where no, no, these the quarterbacks. Okay, let's talk about the quarterbacks. What do you want to say all about, about Matt the Ryan? This is all okay. Matt Ryan, first of all, retired tomorrow. Today, I, I thought he was going to do it. I thought he was going to do it in the middle of the game. He should have pulled a Monte like Davis and, and just walk, or a, <laughs> uh, that last night, or, or an Andrew that, Luck, or an in, Andrew Luck. And in just the said, newsroom, those words, those words verbatim came out. I get Matt Ryan won the game. I get he led the drive late to to to, to win the game. He needs to retire. That man is old. That man is washed. That man takes more sacks than than Sack City. Like he he, <laughs> he got more sacks than Sack City. Like. He, he took his team out of field goal range or out of scoring range like four times yesterday. One of them was like three times in a row. He just sack, 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 and he just didn't throw the ball. And, and I get it. Your offensive line didn't play that great, but you also held on the ball way too long knowing that your offensive line did not play great. Matt Ryan was atrocious last night. He's been atrocious all year long. And somehow, some way, they got two wins, one against Kansas City, which – we know that's an anomaly. Yeah, the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Exactly. I don't know. I, this is what I, why Atlanta did the right thing. I don't care what Marcus Mariota does or what they moved on from the quarterback when they needed to. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Tom Brady. He needs to let it go. Matt Ryan's done. He's washed. Congratulations on a great successful career. Don't ruin you. Don't ruin what you've done to, by by staying around too long. I, I'm just telling you right now. He needs to go. He is, he's not it. And then I want to say Russell Wilson. Um, we, we hopefully are going to be putting out some videos about Russell Wilson that I had brought up. Me and AJ had a debate about Russell Wilson and hall of fame and whether he was a hall of famer or not. I am, I am, I've always been a Russell fan, but I am not as high on Russell Wilson as a lot of people. And I'm slowly getting to why I'm not as high on Russell Wilson as, as, as a lot of people. Uh, he he has a lot of holes in his game, a lot of holes in his game. And he was able to, to, to get over. For them and over right now in Denver, he's being exposed. Uh, and it's hard to say, but Russell Wilson is being exposed and he is part of the problem. He is definitely part of the problem. We can talk about Nathaniel Hackett all we want. And that's fine if you don't believe in Nathaniel Hackett as a as a head coach, but as an offensive play caller, he's never had a problem with calling plays. He's actually very well respected in the NFL. And I always find it funny that when a, a, an excellent play caller now plays are not working, they they want to make it about the coach because we have so much respect for the quarterback. Russell Wilson missed open guys. Russell Wilson was inaccurate. Russell Wilson was late throwing to his to, to his uh, his receivers. He forcing, forcing the ball. He played so poor, and I, I said he didn't play that bad week one in the second half especially, but since then, it's been pretty pedestrian um, play. Like, it's not it's not what you expect from a franchise guy. Now, is he still one of the 32 best in the league? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. He's better than Baker Mayfield, but but he hasn't done what he's supposed to do. And I said he had the most pressure coming into this year. He's not living up to it so far. Right now – 
that pressure is just building and building and building. And our conversation was about legacy. And Russell Wilson has no legacy right now. There's no legacy there. He was just a good quarterback throughout some time in Seattle who happened to win a Super Bowl. It's really what it feels like. Uh, What I'm astonished at is his red zone play. Like that was one of the things that used to be in Seattle, a bread and butter of his. And it looks like when he gets in the red zone now, he still wants to throw a deep ball. I don't think I've seen a quarterback inside the 20 hit the back wall on more throws than Russell Wilson has this season. And I'm not sure what it takes because you have a big body guy in Cortland Sutton. You have a great route runner in, in Jerry Judy. The Albert O conversation we had, he's been non-existent. Who was it that said start Beck yesterday? So, so close. And he dropped it. That was just really great defense by uh, Kenny Moore. Um, this, like, I don't understand what's going on in the red zone. And are these guys really suffering from their running backs going down? Like, it looked like they lost their two stud running backs on either side and had no idea how to play football. It, the pass game was anemic. The decision-making was anemic. The adjustments never happened. Even the defense that was playing, quote-unquote, good and causing turnovers, besides interceptions, there was, I think, six fumbles in this game. None of them were recovered by the defense. Like, how does that happen? Like, that, that's not a normal thing you're going to hear in a football game. This just – there's a lot. Even if they won that game, I, I feel like your power rankings would still have Denver dropping this oh, upcoming easily. week. Like it, <laughs> it I said it, it though before this, this week that this, this game was going to be a very telling sign for me because I thought the Colts were a bad team right now. Yeah. Uh, I still do. And I said Denver had to – they had to go in here and make a statement in this game. And they did not. Even if they had won that game, they did not. It's, not only did they not win the game, they lost themselves the game. Like, I I, I, I guess you don't want to go into overtime because you thought you finally had a good drive and you go for it on fourth and one. And honestly, like, I get it, but you missed a wide open KJ Hamler. And, you know, that happens in football. But for Russell Wilson, a veteran in this league in that moment, that can't happen in football. Matt Ryan played horrible all game, but when they had the opportunity, he was able to lead them down the field and get the game winning field goal as ugly as it was. That can't happen. If you're gonna go for that fourth and one, you, you or I don't actually I don't even remember what it was. But it was fourth and one. And, yeah. and I'll be honest, you know me, I'm okay with going for it. That's fine. I, I'm okay with that too. I, but I'm gonna tell you, watching that football game in that moment, I wasn't because I don't know if you would because I, I I don't know if I would have because the way my offense had looked all game long. And well, I didn't have the one guy on my team that I felt like I know I can get one yard with, and that's Javante Williams. So in that moment, I was still, I was like, oh man, they got to kick the field goal and hope their defense <laughs> wins it for them. Because their defense played absolutely great. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they did. They played great. I don't care about Matt Ryan's late drive. I'm like, dude, your defense held them to basically six to nine points the entire game. That's not on your defense. Um, and yeah, it's a bad offense, but I expected that. But that offense lost in that game. But in that moment, I was like, I'm not questioning Hackett's decision on that because right. I think a I lot of coaches mean. would have went for it. But I was like, eh, if it was me and my offense was playing like that, I probably would have just kicked the field goal. I would have. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel you. I remember back in week one. And I'm gonna we're gonna tra- we're gonna travel down the road here from week one on. And I know like you want to give them time, and I, I I gave the Colts time. I didn't do it with with Denver. I was wrong to give the Colts time. I was right to be worried about Denver. Seeing what was on the field, I said Russell Wilson didn't. Something was wrong with Russell Wilson, and 
through the first four weeks, it was like, okay, we're still giving excuses for Russell Wilson, thinking he was something that he has not been. I'm not saying uh, the past aside, what he did in Seattle aside, he is now a, what, a $250 million quarterback here in Denver. This is something that it it doesn't matter what you did in Seattle. You bet on yourself to come into Denver and be the solution here, the quarterback away. And you were supposed to be that quarterback. And that's not what happened. And, and we, and what happened in, in, in that week one game, or was it, was it week one when they played Seattle and they went for the 64 yard field goal and lost or whatever. Like we talk about putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands when it matters. They didn't do it. Then they do it here and it doesn't pay off. And you literally, the play call wasn't a bad play call. I've been a, I have been a big hater. Uh, I've been not on, on board of Nathaniel Hackett this season. That play call at the end of the game was not a bad play call. KJ Hamler was wide open. And I didn't think that like the, like Cortland Sutton in the end zone, there was a bad play. No, it's Sutton just, was actually open. He threw it you, too late. Yeah. If you look yeah. at, yeah. What Russell Wilson did there, it just was all bad timing, a bad throw. And it just didn't look like he was. Gilmore. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, and it was a great play by Stephon Gilmore. And that's, that's really what I should have said. The silver lining was is Stephon Gilmore. Shout out him last year on that day. He was cut by the Patriots and then come back this year. He's with the Colts and he's just, he's, he's playing well. Um, But that's beside the point. Russell Wilson here is I'm just not crazy about. And so far it's where I think it's, I think we're all on board sounding the panic alarms for both these teams. Oh, you have to, there's no way right now. The current Denver Broncos, the Colts are done. Um, The like, I I will say this. Are they the worst team in the AFC West? Denver Broncos. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They, they're bad. Okay. Offensively, they're just they're not be, enough. Because I, I I asked this question yesterday to some some people, and the people were talking about it's still the Raiders that they're one and three, and I'm like that record is not uh, that record does yeah. not tell the whole story of what the the Las Vegas Raiders are, and the record for the for Broncos does not tell the whole story of what absolutely. they are, and that's where I'm at with that. So a- absolutely, the, the Denver Broncos. Um, I will say this though about these two teams. Matt Ryan's 38 years old. He's he looks com- like Dunny, like he can't play football anymore. Like that's that's how I truly feel about that. Um, if you're Denver, you have to have this hope that Russell's still young. I mean, he's still capable enough to play the game. There's some there's a disconnect here in that offense, yeah. and I and I don't know if it's Russell just not really being comfortable in this scheme or unsure or whatever it is. Maybe he's Hollywood now and he just wants to be with his family. I don't know, but. Do I have hope that he can get back to at least being a solid quarterback? I do. Um, I'm not going to say the man is never going to play good football again, but there, there's definitely some soul searching that has to go within that offense, within Russell Wilson himself and say, and he took the blame and that's fine. Uh, but you have to translate that blame to being, okay, now I got to go do it on the field. So, yeah. Um, but yes, right now the Denver Broncos have no shot at competing in the AFC. No shot at all right now. Not, not the way they're currently playing. The defense is absolutely phenomenal they're they're great but they can't you can't hold up that long against good football yeah that offense is too talented there's too much talent on offense so put up nine points i know they just lost garrett bowles for the season so that's not gonna help it's wild i just yeah i I never preseason i did not see this coming like losing games is one thing but not having an offense with all that talent i i could not predict that for the life yeah, I didn't see any of this coming for either side of the team. But Aaron, you brought up the injuries. So the Broncos lost Garrett Bowles on the Colts side. Naeem Hines left the game early with a concussion. It did not look good. Uh, I think that 
it's positive signs for the league and the concussion protocol for Naeem Hines not to go back in this game uh, because after what we saw from Tua, it was a similar situation from that Sunday game against the Bills where it was stumbling and bumbling. And obviously everything is a case-by-case and it's completely different, but it was good to see Naeem Hines not be back on the field in the sense of let's get him right and not risk anything, any further damage. Most of, that, most of those, most of the time you see that, they don't come back in the game. It was yeah, the quarterback that, 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 that they felt. And, and with Tua, it was it was like, hey, that's our chance to win. Like, it was a different position. I don't think you would ever see that. Most of the time, uh, somebody walk off the field like that and come back in the game in most situations. Uh, Tua was a different case because we know what the quarterback position means to the NFL. Yeah. And that's what made it stand out so much, right? Yeah. Um, it, it is unfortunate, but yeah, of course, yeah. Naheem Hines needed to stay on the sideline. Yeah. And, and that he did. And again, Garrett Bowles also uh, done for the season for the Denver Broncos. That does it though, for our Thursday night football recap, Aaron, you won the DFS in terms of our group. You did not win at all though. You did not come in first. Um, that was another tough, another tough week uh, in the DFS world. You, I believe you came in 26, AJ, you came in last. Um, yeah. But yeah. Naheem yeah. Hines is my captain. Three snaps. Yeah, not not good. I, my captain was great. I had the Denver Broncos defense as my captain, but then I also had offensive pieces from both sides of the ball that were not a kicker. So, uh, yeah, that's how that ended up. Um, but all right, that is it for our Thursday night recap. Let's get into the rest of our injury report. Yeah, we had some injuries from that game we mentioned, but there was also another one. Quiddy Pay suffered a high ankle sprain. He's expected to miss four to six weeks. So more uh, tough news there for the Colts. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Uh, exactly he was limited in practice with the uh, the ankle injury. I still don't buy that he's playing. Um, I, I just I just don't. Uh, but Mac Mac Jones not playing means more Zappy time, baby. Because Bailey Zappy uh, looks time to be the full time backup as Brian Hoyer is now on IR. Um, it's, it's crazy how Brian Hoyer gets a concussion or a head injury and goes to IR and something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so quick and you know, so easy. Because Belichick yeah. don't have time for that stuff, man. Yeah, you can't I'll get your get out of here. Let's go get, cut cut get your, him, get your bald headed ass out of here. Yeah, so so Bailey Zappi's either gonna start this week or he'll be the full-time backup from now on, which means he's moving up that depth chart, baby. And all my premonitions are coming true. It's zap time. Uh David Montgomery was limited in practice. I probably expect him to be out another week here, uh, but he is back at practice at least. Uh, Hunter Renfro, full participant after dealing with a concussion. So he should be back this week. That should help the Raiders offense. Um, so many, so many did not practice on Thursday. Kyle Pitts, C.D. Lamb, Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. There is talks that Michael Thomas may not play again. And womp, womp, what else is new? Uh, Kyle Pitts missing two days in a row. Um, that could be something to watch. I do think he'll be out on the field, but that could be something to watch. C.D. Lamb said he's fine. Jahan Dodson uh, with the hamstring injury. Doesn't matter anyways. They got Carson Wentz throwing these guys the ball. Curtis Samuel's hurt. Doesn't matter. Washington's just not a good football team. But those are some of the big names that did not practice on Thursday. And then Kadarius Toney, who was recovering from his hamstring injury in the London game coming up, he is not going to make the trip because he hurt his other hamstring. And so the, the Giants wide receivers are, are falling apart. Kenny Galladay's already been ruled out. Sterling Shepard's out for the year. I, I, uh, I didn't put this guy – maybe I, I don't know. I didn't talk about – 
of this guy on waiver. Uh oh. Did you not hear anything I just said? Nope. Nope. Well, I said if you have Wandell Robinson available in your league, go get him because um, somebody's got to catch passes for the Giants. And right now, Richie James and Wandell Robinson might be the only guys. Yeah. Just that's. Yeah, that, that's a thing. That's the thing. And uh, who knows if how Daniel Jones is going to play. He's been battling that ankle injury. Um, it's just, it's wild times in, in, in for the Giants. And maybe maybe Odell Beckham is their answer, and they get him uh, towards the end of the season. Who knows what happens uh, in New York. But that is your injury report. Aaron, thank you so much. And that's our Thursday night recap. AJ, do us a favor and tell the beautiful people where they can follow us before we get into our Week 5 game preview. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. It is at Sac City Pod on your favorite social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Head on over if you haven't already and hit those likes, hit those shares, hit those follows, and tell somebody about us. You know the deal. Somebody's got to know, not just you. What's it doing in the good if you know all the stuff and none of your other people know the stuff? Let everybody know the stuff that at Sac City Pod gives you Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. The likes, the follows, the shares, they're necessary. Holla at your boys because they're back in town on Sac City Pod. There it is. There it is. Love it, AJ. Let's get in to our week five game previews. We've got the NFC home teams today. Uh, if you missed yesterday's show, we previewed all the AFC home teams, uh, including the Sunday night football and Monday night football matchups. No primetime games featured today, but a lot of good action. Let's kick things off with the London game between the New York Giants and the Green Bay Packers. Packers are eight point favorites in this game with an over under of 41 points. This is the first time in London game history that it features two winning teams, two teams of winning records. First time featured in London. I'm sure they're very happy to see some winning teams for once. Uh, first time Packers. Have ever been <laughs> they don't London care. Well. They don't even know who's winning. That's also true. That's why they're big Jaguar fans. Um, but this is the first time Aaron Rodgers makes the trip. This Packers team has been very good. I feel like, and Aaron, you moved them up so high this week, not so high, but they're a top three team on your power rankings this week. Not just because the offense, though, I feel like. This defense has stepped up. But what exactly have you seen from that side of the ball that stands out to you? Yeah, on defense, they're, they're, first of all, I told you they have one of the best personnel, just overall roster constructions in the NFL. And I think they're doing it in a way like that's not sexy right now. Like we, we know we talk about Aaron Rodgers, but from a defensive standpoint, they have a bunch of names, but they don't jump off the screen as being some fly around um, getting a crazy amount of turnovers. And like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like the natural team you talk about. Um, you're not talking about the Dallas Cowboys, you know, like they do in the Dallas Cowboys right now with the pass rush or, or something like that. They just play fundamentally sound football. They're just really, really good. They know how to get people in the third and longs. They know how to get off the field and they get their offense back to football. And even amidst the offensive struggles that have happened over the first four weeks of the season, week one where they didn't score, week four, <clears throat> I'm sorry, week three against the Patriots where, or against the Buccaneers, which they couldn't really get things going in the second half. They found ways to win football games. And to me, that's the sign of a good football team. And when you know you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you, you, can, you can do things like that. It's, 
it's a luxury to be able to, to look on the offensive side of the football and know that they're struggling, but you're still able to hold teams to 14 points, to 16 points. And you can trust that your offense is going to score just enough to win the game. The defense is arguably the most talented, but they are just so fundamentally sound. They don't give up big plays. They're in the right spots. They get off the field on third downs. They create turnovers when they need to, and they got some lockdown guys on the outside and Eric Stokes and Jair Alexander who aren't being talked about as like the best cornerbacks in football, but they really are. Like they really are two of the better corners in football, and um, they're just really, really consistent. Their roster is built the right way uh, despite everybody going crazy when the Green Bay Packers don't take wide receivers. Their roster is one of the best in football. Yeah, and and Rashawn Gary, I didn't even know this until I saw it yesterday. On I believe it was on the uh, the broadcast. Rashawn Gary's up there in top five for defensive player of the year this year so far. So that's I mean, Rashawn Gary's is... a he's a beast, one hundred percent. He's a baller. Um, yeah, there it is. There it is. He, he's a beast. <laughs> yeah, there. It well, is. basically, what I was saying, if you know his story, it's not something you would have expected from. Um, kind of where he came from and what people thought about him and things like that. So it's it's a it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. And and now he's he's uh he's showing it on the field on why the Packers invested so highly in him. Uh, but on the Giants side, this team is three and one. Whether we like it or not, whether we think this team is the real deal or not, they're three and one. And in this game, they are obviously not favored. The Green Bay Packers are a better team. But AJ, how do you think the Giants can pull off the upset? Uh, in this game what do they have to do to pull it off well on the offensive side of the ball and this is not something I thought I would hear myself say first you got to hope Daniel Jones plays and the reason I say that is because he is very pivotal to that run game uh what what Saquon Barkley's been able to do and allowing defenses to really focus in on him when Daniel Jones backs up the pass they've been giving him so much room on either side of the line for him to take off and run and him being a dual threat has helped this de- this offense be one of the better rushing teams in the NFL and the the de- uh the Green Bay Packers as good as we talk about their defense being they're giving up about 5 yards per, pe- per carry a game that's right around where Saquon is rushing per carry that's right around where Daniel Jones is rushing per carry on the season so that's the first thought process is that run game in this offense has to be a pivotal factor and a pivotal part of their scheme going into this game on the defensive side of the ball, they've got to force some takeaways. Uh, the, the the guys that this defense has played, and they've played pretty well, uh, but you look at the quarterbacks the Giants have played, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Cooper Rush, and Justin Fields. While they have a pretty good de- uh, pretty good uh, passer rating, uh, completion rate, there's no turnovers. There's no interceptions from that defense, and you've got to find a way to get takeovers. Now, this ain't really going to be the game to focus on that because you know Aaron Rodgers is one of the best at taking care of the ball, but they've got to find a way to turn the ball over, whether it's from fumbles, whether it's from on on downs, whether you can find a way to get a, an interception on them. You, you got to force some takeaways. Their pressure rate's fine, but with Bakhtiari back, that line is looking better and better every single week. So um, on the offense, get that rush game going, and on the defense, find a way to create some turnovers. That's going to be about your only hope to pull this upset. Yeah, and that's what they need. They need to hope. They need they, that's anything. Yeah, just hope and pray. But honestly, pray. honestly, anything could happen in London. London is a different beast, I, I feel like, in terms of football. You never know what type of football you're gonna get. And the Giants could win this game just because, well, the, the simple fact that it's in London. Uh with that being said, the Packers do win this game. Uh 30 to 17. Packers. Aaron? I got the pack. Oh, oh. <laughs> I got the Packers twenty-eight seventeen in this one. 
Packers win 27-13. There it is. Packers all around. Next game on our list, it's the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are seven and a half point favorites in this game with an over-under of 44 points. Vikings are three and one. Bears are, well, two and two. They're a 500 team. But this team is, this is probably one of the teams that you look at their record and say, this team is not a two and two team. This team does not look like uh, what their record shows. The Bears have the fewest pass attempts through fir- the first four games since 1982. You said it on the show on, I believe it was, was it Wednesday when you brought this up, that this Bears team is 2022, but this Bears team looks like they're playing a style of football of like a team from the 70s or the 40s or the 50s yeah. or the yeah, earliest of the days. Football. Yeah, the earliest of days of football. Justin Fields has not looked good either. He has a terrible interception percentage. Deshaun Kaiser level interception percentage. When you're on a list with Deshaun Kaiser, it's not good. Um, Aaron, when you look at this offense, and I feel like this is just going to be the question every week when you talk about the Bears, what does this offense need to do? What does this offense, in the picture-perfect world, what does this offense need to look like in this game on Sunday? Uh, well, well, two things. Um, I said it before. I think they should throw the ball 60 times. I know they don't have the weapons, and it's probably going to be just as ugly, but you have to find out if Justin Fields is the answer. And when well, you just said Justin Fields has not looked good, well, I was just on my phone earlier, and I saw a report that Matt Eberflus and the Bears quarterbacks and coordinators said that Justin Fields has gotten better every game, that he's played well. Um, I don't know what football I'm watching. Uh, if you think Justin Fields has played well, then what in the hell is the rest of your offense? Because you guys can't score. You can't move the ball. It's three and out. It's turnovers. Um, so I'm not really sure what, what they're looking at. Yes. Do I think just it's not all on Justin Fields? I, I have said that numerous times. But at some point, if you're the guy, if you're the franchise quarterback, it's got to be on you. you got to be able to find ways to be better. So throw the ball 60 times. Um, and, and, and see if this is your man. And if he's not your man at the end of the season, you start looking for the next one. They don't have time. The NFL teams don't have time to sit here and babysit, uh, their way to finding a franchise quarterback. You need to find out within the first two to three years, is this the guy? Because if you don't, then you're putting your franchise far behind the eight ball, um, to do that. So, offensively they they should be a run first team though in, in theory they got david montgomery they got khalil herbert guys that can run the football and then build off a play action but you have to have weapons on the outside which they don't have so you can't change your personnel right now outside of trading for somebody you don't get that opportunity to really make your team better right now so what do you do in that sense all you can do is say justin fields show me show me something that i can count on to to go forward next year with you when i can surround you with weapons the only way to do that is to let the man throw the football, not run it 73 times. I, I get well, it. You think you're competitive, but you're not winning no Super Bowl. That's where I was kind of trying to figure out here is it's like, okay, I feel like the best way for success for this Bears offense to be success, to, to give themselves a better chance in a, in a game, not saying to win a game, but to give themselves a better chance, it is to run the ball and then mix in the, mix in the play action, mix in the passes here and there. But you, like you said, I agree. I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. I disagree with you. I'm. I'm. A, I am on board with giving Justin Fields the ball and saying, "Hey, you have nothing to lose. Just go air it out. Let's take our lumps and see if you're the guy." No problem with that. But that's why I asked this question because which side? 
I want to know what, what side Bears fans are on. And if you're a Bears fan and you're watching this, comment below what you want to see from this offense because I really do want to know if – because if you want to be successful, you're going to run the ball more. If you don't want to be successful and you want to see if you have your franchise quarterback, you do what Aaron said and go 60 times th- – or throw 60 times a game. They're playing the Vikings in this game, and they're 3-1 and one, though. AJ, are, are the Vikings the – I don't want to say are they the real deal, but – we talked about it, what records mean right now to teams. And if like that record is truly what is the Vikings or is what the team is, is three and one, what the Vikings truly are. Are they playing worse or better than a three and one team? I want to say that's kind of what they are. I mean, you may call them a product of a double doink in London and that may be the case. They could easily be two and two. We understand that. But what we talked about the Vikings needed to do different from last year is winning close games. And sometimes that happens on the leg of the other team. And that's what happened last week and why they're three and one and not two and two. Uh, This is, I'm not going to even say a get right game. There's certain things that defense needs to do, but this is the type of team to do it against. This offense is going to be slightly tested because despite Chicago being bad, their defense actually isn't. Their defense is actually one of the better pass defenses in the league. They're okay in the rush game, middle of the pack in the rush defense. So this defense is, if Minnesota wants to really find their identity and let the NFL world know who they are, this defense has to show up against a team they're expected to show up against. And to kind of go in with what this defense should be able to do this week, part of the reason I think Justin Fields doesn't get to throw the ball 60 times because he hasn't had time. I mean, you look at that game last week, and every time he wanted to drop back, the defense was in his face. He was sacked six times last week, and they're averaging four sacks per game. If uh, if uh, Zadarius Smith and those boys in, in Minnesota can get behind that line and up their pressure rate this week, it's going to be the same thing again. That's why he's always trying to leak out and get these rushing yards and take off from uh, behind the line, Justin Fields, because he hasn't had time to throw the ball. And if the Vikings want to keep their winning streak going or make it two in a row, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to pressure Justin Fields over and over again and force him to have to run the ball because he just won't have time to uh, pass it. And you can't find your, your franchise quarterback if he's laying in the hospital or dead on the field. Some of those sacks are on Justin Fields. He likes to run around there sure. with the ball, but he, he definitely has a terrible offensive line. I have a question for AJ, though, because I, I don't get to see AJ that often. He's just getting back into the swing of things. Um, yeah. <laughs> we we got into a pretty uh, – Oh, my God. <laughs> we got into a pretty uh, – not heated, but we got into a pretty decent conversation about the Minnesota Vikings and their offense. So it wasn't – I don't want to hear to argue, Vinny. I didn't need to jump right, right, right. I want to know AJ's thoughts on Minnesota's offense now, the new and improved – uh, version of their offense. Um, I want to know what your takeaways are because I, I said on the show, I said, I haven't noticed much difference other than they don't use a fullback now and they put three wide receivers on the field. Um, I don't see them throwing the ball a ton more. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts genuinely, not not what Vinny's trying to do. Okay. Here, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this offense, uh, you know what? You know, I heard a very interesting thought yesterday. A lot of these teams because they didn't play a lot of starters here and there in the preseason, a lot of these teams are playing preseason ball right now. Like, they are figuring out these these defenses and what they're really about. They're figuring out where they are finding holes in their competition. I think you're going to see a lot of different stuff against Chicago this week because they're going to have to play them again. You know, they're a division rival. So what where can we exploit this defense when we come back out next year or next uh, time we see them? What can we up the ante on? 
This offense with Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook has been, um, well, I think it's 3.8 yards per carry. I expect that to go up as the season keeps waning. Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson has only had one down game, and even that was against great conversation, uh, great competition, and he still looked like Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's doing exactly what we expected him to do, eight for nine targets last week. With the ball thrown his way, he's more than likely catching it. People are so focused in on Justin Jefferson that he's doing what Adam Thielen likes to do and finding ways to get open when he's open. Kirk Cousins is throwing him the ball. I understand that it started slow, and I'll give it to you, Kevin. I, I did mention, their, or you mentioned, their offense was already pretty good. There's only so much more they can do. But after watching Kirk Cousins and seeing that they keep giving him primetime games, I didn't put that into my account that he wouldn't be able to throw another 1,000 yards if he keeps playing in primetime because he just doesn't play well at night. He's like an LSU Tigers. If you're going into Death Valley, it's not going to look well for him. Um, so it, I'm, I'm not, not impressed with this offense, but they are pretty much in the same area they were last season to start, except now they've won a couple of close games. And if they can keep doing that, they may find themselves back in the playoffs. And well, Yeah, well, and we did talk about that. The close game thing is a big deal, them being able to pull those those wins out, um, I, guess, I guess you could say. Um, not that they were great close wins, but they were close wins. I mean, it's Detroit right. and it's the Saints, and we all we know where the Saints are falling to. But, um, yeah, I, I expect Minnesota to be – good in this game i expect but i from my expectations i'm holding now minnesota up to where everybody had them this is very similar to the chargers right i i I talk bad about the chargers and people think i'm a charger hater and i'm really not i just don't like all the hype about a team and then when they fall short of it it's like we want to kind of just forget we we had all that hype preseason so there was so much hype coming into the season about minnesota there were numerous people that picked them to actually win the division over green bay because of the loss of Devontae adams so do I think they are a good team? Yeah, I told you, I picked them to make the playoffs. I think they're actually a really good team. I just, I'm going to continue to question people that say the offense was supposed to be something special and something different. And I want to like, I'm, so I'm going to continue to ask, and I'm not just asking you, I'm asking everybody yeah. in general, like what's special so far about this offense? What, what are we seeing that's different? That's making them now people think that they can move forward. Cause I see the same Minnesota team. I, I see the same really good offense, good offensive players. Kirk Cousins still can't win in prime time and a defense that we're still questioning if they can be the answer to whether this team is good or not. And if that's the case, then how different was Mike Zimmer to, to uh, Kevin O'Connell? And I'm not saying they shouldn't have made a change. I'm just saying, was it really that big of a, a deal that Kevin O'Connell came in because he was a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator? That's, that's really what I'm questioning. You know, technically, the the Vikings. If you look at the, the statistics of things, the Vikings are an average, an average offense right now. Statistically, like yeah. they're 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 fifteenth in, in uh they're fifteenth in points per game. They're seventeenth in yards per game. Like they're the not worse than they've been technically. Yeah, te- technically. Yeah. So may and maybe that's a, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing right now. That they're finding ways to win outside of like. There are, and, and really, a lot of it's been comebacks to the Vikings. Last week and the week before that, it was all fourth-quarter comebacks from Kirk Cousins to this offense uh, against the Saints and against the Lions, finding ways to win. And that's something that I, that I brought up at the, at the beginning of the season that we want to see from the Vikings. Um, also, side note, pulling the curtain back, I did not solo you two for, to try and start an argument. That, was, okay. <laughs> that, that had no reason for that. It was just a perfect time to change up the view. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's normally what you do. So now, now yeah, I, forgot, I know. You, but now I forgot also, you with the big companies. Now you know all the all the tricks. I do. I'm, I'm very professional. Oh. I'm, I'm kind of a big deal right now. You you are you are kind of a big deal. I forgot what I was going to say now, uh, but it's okay. 
Uh, talking about we're talking about the fact that the Vikings are able to come back and f- are finding ways to win. That's what I yeah, was saying. Yeah, I just I, I I was just gonna make a quick point, but I I I, I kind of lost it. Um, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. Um, Great. Sure what you got for this game? Talk to the Minnesota Vikings later. Uh, I, I think Minnesota is gonna win. Uh, I think they're better. They should win. If they don't win, it's gonna be one of those disappointments. Um, I get it's a division game, but they're at home. Uh, I will say Minnesota wins this game. 28 to ugh, 17. AJ? I have the Vikings 31 to 14. I have the Vikings as well. Shocker, surprise. I have the Vikings 28 to 12. 28-12 Vikings. Whew. Next game on our list. It is the Seattle Seahawks taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints are five and a half point favorites in this game with an over under 46 and a half. The Saints are wanting it. Let, let's let's see if we, we could all predict this. No, no one, I should say, thought this would be a thing. The two and two Seahawks taking on the one and three Saints. Let's start with the Saints, Aaron. This team has been falling short of expectations. We all had very high thoughts of this team heading into the year. Uh, one of the best teams in the NFC South, one of the best teams in the NFC is what we thought. They are one and three right now and have not looked good. The offenses look bad. The defense has struggled at times. Is it too late for the New Orleans Saints to get things back on track, you think, Aaron? No, no. Look, man, in the NFL right now, uh, I believe the great, the legend, the GOAT himself just did this, just said this in an interview. They asked him what he's seen, a lot of two and two teams, one and three teams around the league. He said he's seen a lot of bad football. And I'm going to be honest, I agree. It's been a lot of bad football, including the New Orleans Saints. So, no, it's not too late to come back if you're the Saints. Who in the NFC really is scaring you? Who, who in the NFC are we saying, oh, they're a guaranteed lock for the for the playoffs? Philadelphia? Dallas? But we know them. They go up and down. The 49ers? Look at the way the Rams are playing. Like, I don't think we can start counting many of these teams out. When you look at the standings, many teams are 1-3, and 2-2, 3-1, three, and, two, uh, three and one. They could go on a stretch where they lose. The Saints just have to – they have to find their identity. I said this is a broken offense. Uh, you hope the week of rest for Alvin Kamara uh, is the spark that they need, that he comes back, he's healthy, they can start getting him involved because that offense, to me, the identity of that offense, it drives through him. Through him, then you get play action. Then you get Jameis in good situations to throw to Michael Thomas, to throw to Jarvis Landry, to throw to Chris Olave, who people have been raving about because he's played – fairly well over the last couple of weeks. I I think that – I think the Saints are not done. I actually think they have a chance to be one of those teams that starts slow and picks it up as the season goes on. But they have to find their identity. They have to find a way to understand that their the, – what benefits – them going – and it starts with Alvin Kamara. What benefits them? It starts with Alvin Kamara. Got it. That's I. Hey, I, I'm on board with that. I have no problem with that. Um, and I think the Saints are one of those teams too that like the talent is there and the potential is there. And then, like you said, in a wide open NFC, you could see this team be nine and eight and sneak into the and be right into the playoff the playoff hunt uh, towards season's end. The Seahawks, though, they're two and two. AJ, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked you before: Is this Seahawks team? I mean. The numbers, statistically, they are one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. Obviously, we're not saying the Seahawks are the real deal, but 
should, are they? Should we start giving them more credit and and start taking them seriously? We should give them a little more credit, but they're kind of in the same place they were last year. I mean, you you hear what Rashad Penny said at the end of the last game. Geo Smith, for better or not, does everything Russell Wilson was doing. I mean, he's getting the ball to his playmakers. He's handing it off to a running back. He's he's making the right decisions when they're supposed to. The difference is he doesn't have a ridiculous moonshot. He doesn't throw it 60 yards down the field and almost touch the top of the stadium. Uh, he's not making improbable passes to Tyler Lockett on the on the edge of the end zone. That's the only real difference. If you want, you can look at this as the West Coast version of the Cleveland Browns right now on, on when it comes to offense. A guy in Geno Smith who is in there to hold this team over until they have something better. And he's doing a damn good job of it, and he's making a very good case as to why they made him the starting quarterback. He's getting DK Metcalf involved last week, had 10 targets, 149 yards. Uh, Will Disley, big Montana's back, scoring touchdowns like he was Hunter Henry from the Patriots last season. This offense has been pretty balanced, and it's helping them keep up with teams. You've seen them in the close games, staying around with the teams. You've seen them last week, granted, against Detroit, whose offense is just as bad as the Seahawks, stay up and keep in, keep uh, keep pace with them in a 48-45 to 45 shootout. If they can continue to stay balanced, if this offensive line, who didn't allow a single sack last week on over 30 dropbacks, can find a way to do things like that, maybe it's 1-35 in 35 or 1-40 in 40 next time, uh, if they can keep finding things to do like that, and they can keep their pace with other offenses, it's only going to be the defense that's going to hold them back, and they're only opportunistic. You can see a Tariq Woolen make a pick six here and there, and he's got he's got good playmaking skills, but as a whole, that defense isn't ready, and that's going to be the thing that slows this uh, Seahawks down. As far as the offense, Geno Smith looks good. They're balanced, and they're, they're surprising some people. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I was going to just stay quiet. I can't do it. We're not really buying this, are we? We're not buying that argument about Seattle, are we? Come on, man. That they're it? I didn't say they were it. I said they got a nice balanced offense. But, but, they're, but they're they decent. don't. They don't. They don't. They, they don't. They're not good. Listen, Detroit might be the worst defense I've ever seen. <laughs> Let's be honest. <clears throat> the week before, they played Atlanta. And I'm sorry, AJ, your top 10 Atlanta defense is not top 10. Uh, but Outside of the outside of the first half of the Denver Bronco game, their offense that was the only time their offense looked good against a quote what we would consider a good to to good good to better defense. They, they haven't they haven't really been tested. I would be willing to bet, and I, I'll put I will say this right now: the Seattle Seahawks won't win a game for the next seven weeks. I think it's seven weeks. They won't even come close to winning a game for the next seven weeks. Maybe one game is in there. They might have an easy time. But I'm pretty sure their schedule is about to get a whole lot tougher and includes defenses like the New Orleans Saints, the Rams, uh, the Chargers. Like, the Giants' defense is no slouch, by the way. That might be the only game. That schedule is about to get brutal. Saints, they will lose probably at least six of the next seven games, maybe more. The only win in there is the Giants, possibly. It's, it's they're about to be really exposed, very much like the Giants is about to be really are about to be really exposed. The difference is the Giants have an easier schedule than what the Seahawks don't. Um, they're going to get exposed. This is not real. Geno Smith is Geno Smith. He is a backup quarterback. It's what he is. Uh, their defense isn't good. They, but you know, they fight. They they fight the good fight. They try their best. They try their best. And I'm not trying to knock them because they have performed better i guess than they've, I, they've exceeded I expectations had, i had they've atlanta as the worst team in football so losing to them uh 
not very impressive. I had Detroit, the, the Detroit, the way they kept up with Detroit was impressive to me because they never, they never gave up. But Detroit's defense is absolutely <laughs> horrible. I told you, Vinny could quarterback a team. We could have AJ as the running back, me and Dylan as the wideouts, and we could probably drop 35 on them. Like, that's how bad Detroit's Got defense it. is right now. Um, it's Got just it. going to get a lot tougher. It's going to. The Seahawks will win one of those Arizona Cardinals games, though. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Don't oh don't disrespect my quarterback abilities, okay? I am a very very highly trained. <laughs> You're individual. five six with fat sausage hands. You can't hey, even man. grip the football. I can grip the ball. <laughs> I can grip the ball. Well, the the Seahawks are one win away from hitting my win total and two wins away from hitting your win total, uh, Aaron. Just to let you know that, and I yeah. I and and the Falcons are also the Falcons two and two. Is that a thing? Yeah, the Falcons are the team that the Falcons are the team that I, I just completely missed on. Uh, they'll win a few more games because that team really does fight. Like the way the way Arthur Smith has them believing um, those 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 middle of the road games that they'll they'll fight. Seattle, I, I don't buy it. I I don't think they have enough talent defensively to 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 stop anybody. Well, Seattle Seattle is at your win total, so or. Yeah, no. no, the Falcons are at your win total. Yeah. Sorry, the, the Falcons. Falcons are as I say, the Falcons will exceed it. That first game against Denver now starts to look a lot like that's not that great of a win, right? You right. start to look at that and you're like, yeah, we we thought that was such a great win at home beating the Broncos, but now you're looking at it, you're like, that wasn't that great of a win. Then you get blown out by San Francisco, and then you go lose to Atlanta, and then you lose to Detroit. Like they haven't been that impressive. No. So what's this game look like score wise? Mm. I I'll take the Saints in in this one. Um, I'll take the Saints twenty six to sixteen. Andy Dalton being the starter throw throw anything off in this? No, nope. okay, Jameis and Andy Dalton yeah. same thing. Fair enough. Both, AJ, I trust them both the same. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna do it. Do it. Do it. Seattle Seahawks are gonna take this game. No, twenty seven twenty four. No way. Saints Saints in this one, 23-17 Saints. Next game on our list is the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are 9.5 point favorites in this game uh, with an over-under of 46.5 points. Both these teams at 2-2 two and two sit atop of the, AF, or the NFC South. AJ, what are you looking for from your Falcons in this game against the Bucs? Um. I will not take the low-hanging fruit. I know everyone wants me to talk about Kyle Pitts, but it's going to take more than that. Uh, Cordero Patterson's out, and while we have been one of the better rushing teams in the NFL over the last couple uh, weeks, to do it now with basically two rookies and Tyler Algier, who's looked impressive, and Caleb Huntley, who had a good showing last week, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I haven't heard if Damian Williams is back this week or if they have activated him. I need to go check on that. But first, it's going to have to be the run game. Uh, And whether that includes Marcus Mariota is yet to be seen. And that's the second thing is Marcus Mariota. Last week was a piss poor showing, horrible. Uh, the fact that we grinded out a win was impressive with what he did. Um, seven for 19, 48 uh, quarterback rating. Like that can't do it, especially against a defense like the Bucs. Uh, they're going to be coming fast and hard on defense. That pressure is going to be nuts. Uh, despite what Drew Dahlman at center has been able to do. Uh, they allow, yeah. they allow, four, Drew Dahlman, man, he's the new center. Shout it's out what Drew we got Dahlman. Up there. It's, that's what I'm talking about. 
anyway. Uh, but over the last two games, a lot of 40% pressure rate. That's not going to get it done against the Bucs. So this running game has to be efficient, and it's against one of the hardest defenses to run on. Um, and we already know the Kyle Pitt story. I'm not going to beat that to death, uh, but let's 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 get him in there. Let's let's get him in there. Tom Brady is 10 and 0 against the Atlanta Falcons in his career. He has uh, owned the Atlanta Falcons when it comes to those matchups. Um, is this? Oh man, the, the Falcons are a team that I don't. I don't. The, I, that that record. I don't, I don't. They've been playing hard. They're up there in the hard list, but. I think when Tom Brady said that there's a lot of just bad football, I think that's on the side of the Atlanta Falcons as well. Um, but Aaron, in this game for the Bucks, what do you in a game where you're heavily favored like this, and uh, it's like you're supposed to win this game? What do you want to see from the Bucks? Well, right now Tampa just has to get their offense going. Their offense is obviously the Achilles heel, and last week they started to get that. Um, they were able to put some points against Kansas City, but it was late. It was after they were already down. It was their worst defensive performance. Uh, obviously, I think the defense gets right here against a- Atlanta. So um, it's about Tom Brady finding that connection, but you also worry about the injury. He has to get Godwin. He has to get Brady. He has to get Julio and Gage and Mike Evans. They have to get that going, but they also have to get that running game going. Fournette has not been very good over the past couple of weeks in the running game. They have to start running the football. I'm a big believer that Rashad White needs to play a little bit more. Uh, I know you guys love, especially you and Dylan, love playoff Lenny. But um, I it can't just be him. It, it, it can't. He's going to eventually, he's going to get banged up. And we're only four games into the season. And last week, they didn't run him at all. Last week, I believe he had three carries for negative three yards, which is not what Tampa Bay's offense wants to do. Uh, he hasn't had a hundred. He hasn't really had a good day since that week one performance against Dallas when he went 21 for 127. So um, the running game has been non-existent. Uh, they need to get some other guys involved in that running game so that Fournette isn't going to be losing steam as the season goes on. Maybe they give Fournette a rest like they did a couple of years ago. Maybe they inactivate him for a few games and say, "Hey, rest well, up." They, they, they've been Go getting ahead. him involved in the passing game, but that rushing attack just seems it, like it's, it's there's not, nothing going. This, like touches are great when you get a guy. I'm sorry. Most NFL defenses do not care if you check down to your running back nine times a game. They love that. They're like, you can't beat us doing that. So from a fantasy perspective, yeah, we love catches by Leonard Fournette, but that's not doing anything to a defense. Defenses want you to do that. So for me, it's got to be the physicalness of a Leonard Fournette running the football, that offensive line getting a push up front because we know they're banged up on that offensive line and they haven't been able to do that. And so as good as Tom Brady is, he is at his best when they are able to run the football and he can play action and hit those quick hitters over the middle to tight end to Mike Evans, and then hit those deep balls down the field to Julio Jones or, or Godwin or Mike Evans or whoever. Uh, and right now they don't seem to have that rhythm offensively. It's a lot of three and outs. It's a lot of two yards, two yards, incomplete pass punt. And that to me is not what Tampa Bay and the Brady offense has, has been known for. So um offensively they need to get right this is a great game to get right uh albeit atlanta has played tough and they have two good corners on the outside in hayward and uh and terrell it's they still are overmatched yeah that's why it's a perfect game because it's still a tough it's like it's not going to be an easy win but it's a game that they should win and that it's a game that they should be able to get back on track i'm looking for the bucks to get to, to finally score in the first quarter they're one of four teams without a first quarter touchdown this season Cardinals, 
Patriots and Jets, all teams that have been struggling this season. Uh, the Bucks do not want to be on that list. So I look for the Bucks to get out early in this game and get get a touchdown early. Uh, they win this game for me. Uh, t- 30 to 21. 30 to 21 Bucks. AJ, what do you think your Falcons do? I also have the Bucks in this game, as sad as it is to say. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I got the Bucks, um 31-24. Aaron? Um, yeah, you would love to see the Atlanta Falcons score 24 points against the Bucks, wouldn't you? Um, I will <laughs> say last season. So last season. Oh, now we're doing last season. Yeah, well, last season with a better uh, Matt Ryan. First time last they played season. with a better Matt Ryan. Uh, well, Matt Ryan is better. I don't, yeah, That's Matt Ryan. No, 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 I, 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 I heard it differently. I heard it differently. I heard it differently. Um, <laughs> uh, it'll be 31-17. There you go. Next game on our list. We can roll through this game. It's the Tennessee Titans taking on the Washington Commanders. The Titans are one and a half point favorites in this game with an over under of 43 points. Uh, which quarterback, Aaron, do you think in this game has the most to prove? Like, which, which which quarterback do you think has to step up in this game? Sorry, I just got bad. I just got bad news. I just told everybody go get Wondell Robinson, and they ruled him out again. <laughs> now the Giants really have no wide receivers. Go get Richie James this week. I'm telling you, Richie James, man. I tried telling you all this the other day. Richie James is that dude. Richie James is gonna come up strong. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? It, it wasn't a good question, but it was a question. Oh, it, I'm sure it was fine. Uh, question. I just... Wentz, Tannehill, this matchup, not featuring two quarterbacks that are very hot. Which quarterback needs to step up the most in this game? Tannehill or Carson Wentz? Um, you know, I think Tannehill's job is safe. I, I think we've kind of established that, that they're not going to go to Malik Willis, although I think Malik Willis should be the starter. So if you ask who needs it more, I think it's Carson Wentz. I think there's more people that are clamoring to put him on the bench than there are Ryan Tannehill at this point. Um, Carson Wentz, man, I, I think I've said all there is to say about Carson Wentz. And, and I, I just want, I want an apology. I want an apology from every Washington fan. I want an apology from every, Everybody who said, oh, you're just a hater or whatever. Carson Wentz is great. Carson Wentz is this, yada, yada. I just want an apology. I just want people to acknowledge that I was right. Carson Wentz is not a franchise quarterback, and it's okay. He doesn't have to be. It's okay, Carson Wentz. It's okay to be not live up to the hype. It's, it's, it's all right. But in this game, I think Carson Wentz is going to play well. I think this is one of those games at home. I think this might be one of those Carson Wentz games where he comes out and gives people that glimmer of hope. Just when Carson Wentz is on the precipice of breaking through and reaching up for all that success, next week, he'll just crash right back down. So this is his week. This is the week for the Washington Commanders to come out, to win a game at home, to let those Commanders fans that were starting to die down come right back up and say, we do have a chance. There is a dream. There is a I hope. believe. I Preach. believe that Carson Preach. Wentz can One take One more time for the people the in the back. One more way. time. And then he's gonna rip out your soul. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I do think I do think actually Washington plays well in this game at home against Tennessee. Uh, seems like one of those classic, classic games for them to get to get a win here. And um, yeah, so I think Carson Wentz plays okay in this. Yeah, I, both teams, both defenses, not a good, not good against the pass. Both these teams are tied for the most passing touchdowns allowed this season with ten each. Uh, so it should be a good day for at least one of these quarterbacks. 
And then I say that and Sunday rolls around and both quarterbacks shit the bed and it's a Derrick Henry, Antonio Gibson day. Uh, AJ, is this, who do you, is this a, is this a Terry McLaurin game and everybody else? No one it finally else. needs to be, but it's it's they they finally have more than one weapon, and it's kind of showing because they're finding ways to use Curtis Samuel. Jahan Dotson has been very good as a rookie. Obviously, he's not getting opportunity after opportunity, but he's like he's like the wide receiver Chase Edmonds. Like every opportunity he gets, he makes the most out of a little. You know, to have three three catches and two touchdowns in his first game, like that that's the type of player that you're getting. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to play. I know he's been injured. I don't want to say it's a Terry McLaurin game because they've been spreading the ball out. They've been trying their best to get everybody involved, and well, it the, seems well, to be Dotson and Samuel might not play. Well, then who else are they going to go to? Well, that's, I mean... what <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They have no Dotson. They could have no Dotson, no Samuel. This is a this this seems like a a McLaurin than everybody else, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. That's like that's where it's at with the Commanders. I mean, do you think they'll finally get Logan Thomas involved? Nope. So there you go. You got Antonio Gibson. Nope. You got Terry McLaurin. Maybe a little bit of the kiss. You got JD coming in, and maybe he's a passing back, and you'll you spread out Antonio Gibson wide to help you with some sets. But if that's the case, you're missing all these players. I, I don't know where Carson Wentz is going to play well then. I mean, that's going to worry me. I mean, I think he's the type that needs weapons to, to even look like the Carson Wentz that gives the hope that we are all hoping for. <laughs> Titans fans will be back in our comments after this week once again. Titans win this game 23-21. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I don't care about Titans fans anyways. We I told them what they'll be. They'll be 9 and 8 at the end of the year and who cares? 6 and 11. I don't understand the Titans. Like for the life of me, like I don't understand the Titans. Titans fans are okay with mediocrity, so who cares? They 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 were like, we'll go to the playoffs and lose and be happy. I don't care about Titans fans. Uh, but Washington wins this game 21-7. No, they're going to give them score more points. I'll say 23-21 uh, Washington in this one. I'm going to go Titans uh, 24-20. All righty. Next oh game, they just said Kyle Pitts is probably not going to play on Sunday. What a, yeah, he did not uh, practice again. This today. no, they just said he's likely yeah. out. Oh, well, that's they just yeah, said that's... likely out for Kyle yeah. Pitts. Well, you want to change anyone want to change their Falcon score or their Falcon score to have them only score, let no. score less points? No, no. Cordero Patterson. Why no. would you? He's not like he scores touchdowns. That's that's true. That, that's true as well. Uh, all right, next game on our list. It's the San Francisco 49ers traveling across the country to take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Niners in this game are six and a half point favorites with an over under of just 39. Wait, that is that right? Did I, yeah. did I write that right? That can't be right. 39 points? An over under 39 right. points? Is it? You've never I mean, seen you an over under 39 points? I don't know. I just gotta... feel like that's low. All of our over unders stay. That's the lowest over under we've covered today. That's for you sure. Yeah, you're crappy, watching two uh, turn offenses. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> All right, well, mediocre that... Jimmy G, and two good defenses. Well, there's your analysis for this game. Let's get into predictions. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so the, the Niners come into this game uh, two and two. The Panthers come into this game one and three. Uh, yeah. Trying to word this properly for for everybody here. These two teams, the, the Niners are great. The Niners are, are a great team. And Aaron, you just put them in the top eight in our power rankings this past week. Uh, this game, obviously traveling across the country for this team. Is this a, 
Is this a similar case to what you said with the Bucks? This is a game where they just they should win. It should be an easy game. Like, is that where you're at with the Niners in this one? Uh, I don't know if I should say it's an easy game because I think Carolina's defense is really good. So I think they. I think it's. I think the over under is probably too high. I really do think this is going to be a defensive battle. Um, but the 49ers defense is probably the difference in this game, the ability to take the ball away. Whereas Jimmy G is not always about turnovers. Sometimes it's just about, he can't get it done. Um, I think that the 49ers will be able to get turnovers from Baker Mayfield and create short fields for the Niners and, and get offense that way. This is going to be defensive and it's going to be which defense can create opportunities for their offense to put them in good scoring position. And I think that favors the 49ers in this one. So yes, I do think, um, they should win. I don't want to say easily, but it, when you're watching the game, there should be no doubt who the better football team is. And at the end of the game, maybe it is still a one score game at the end of the game, but you'll say, ah, oh, you know, at the Niners won the way that we thought the Niners would win in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that there, there needs to be too much analysis in this game because I mean, the Panthers offense, right, we've beaten it to, we've beaten it down a lot this, this week talking about Baker Mayfield, the struggles, the, how they need to get Christian McCaffrey more involved in the, in the rushing attack. Uh, Aaron, you had them, I believe, what, 29 this past week or 28, somewhere, somewhere low on the power rankings just because of what we've really seen from this offense, how disappointing uh, it has been. But, it, yeah, there's a cat that just opened up my bedroom. That's, that's the thing that, that happened back there. Um, yeah, that, that's what happened. That's what happened. Um, but in this game, AJ, what do you think the, what do you think the outcome looks like? Uh, give me the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to go 20 to 13. Aaron? That was my score. Um, I will <laughs> say. Why can't you have the same score? Why can't no, I, you have the same score? You can. I, I was just saying that was my score. I'm going to say 21 to 16. 26 to 14. San Francisco 49ers. Taking the over. 23 to 13 <laughs> Niners. <laughs> I'm kidding. Stick with my original score. 26, what, 26, 14, something like that. Um, all right. Next game on our list. We've got two to go here. Aaron, it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are favored in this game. Five and a half points in this game. Over under 42 and a half points. Uh, I was talking the other day to, to a buddy of mine, and we were, we were previewing this game. We we're talking about it. We we're making the graphics for it. And we were, we were talking. We we're like, the Rams are still our favorite five and a half points in this game after what we've been seeing from Dallas. The disrespect to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. <laughs> is this is it disrespect, Aaron, to the Cowboys, or is this is this uh Rams favored by five and a half points right? Is it fair? Is it okay? It's fair. Why would why would you favor Dallas in this game? They're on the road with a backup quarterback. Okay. All right. Um, so you don't so what do what do you expect from Dallas in this game? This is going to be the the make or break uh, Rams being exposed or not. And I, and I say this in a way where I'm not saying their season's over if they lose to the Dallas Cowboys, but what Dallas is doing really well right now is what the Rams are not. And that's winning the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. And I said this the other day that you can't beat good teams in this league like this. If Dak Prescott was playing in this game, there would be zero doubt in my mind. I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys with Cooper rush. I, there are worries about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and being able to make plays and not turn the football over and things like that. But right now, the Rams have not been able to protect Matt Stafford or run the football. And Dallas's defense is a pass rushing team, and they're not very good against the run right now. They're giving up the running game, and that's the way they're building their defense is to say, you can run it at us, but we're going to lock down in the red zone, and we're not going to let you throw the football on us. So 
the matchup says Dallas should match up really well with the Rams in this one. Um, experience at quarterback. Uh, you worry about the head coach and, and the coaching choices that are made, the play calling. And you start to think, okay, maybe the Rams get right in this game and, and find a way to pull this one out. Maybe Dallas blows it late or something. But I, I do really see a really close game here. They have the Rams as the better football team. I'm not mad at that. I think it's still okay to think the Rams are better than the Cowboys at this stage in the season with the backup quarterback. But I'll tell you what, it's not going to shock me if Dallas wins because um, the Rams right now offensively, from the offensive line standpoint, I don't know how they blocked DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, and those guys. Who's going to stop them? The only yeah. way to stop this Dallas Cowboys defense if you're the Rams is to find a running game. Akers and Henderson are going to have to be something because if they're not, I don't care if Cooper Cup catches 23 balls. It's not going to matter. I, I think this game here is is like – Almost like the same game with the San Francisco 49ers, what they did last week to the Rams, but not. I, I think the advantage, the one advantage we I got, I give to to the Rams is the fact that they're at home and Dallas has to have that travel. But like in in the sense of like the offensive line, like you just said, the Niners made it real, real tough for Matthew Stafford, and that pass rush for for the Cowboys is just as good, if not better, and they're going to make it tough for Matt or for Matthew Stafford here. AJ, what do you expect to see from this Rams offense? I'm hoping that they understand that Allen Robinson might be a weapon to utilize. And I get we haven't seen it yet, and I get we thought it was going to come to fruition, and it just hasn't. But as we talked about all week, as we dropped the shorts on YouTube, if you haven't gone to check it out yet, at Sac City Pod, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Cooper Cup can't be your only weapon. Tyler Higby has been great in getting the opportunities, but he can't be the only other weapon. Like we talk about the running game. If you can't find a running game, get Cam Akers involved in the passing game. He was a great in the passing game at Florida State. He can catch the ball out of the backfield and make some things happen when you give him an open field. There has to be what was predicated from Sean McVay when they were going to Super Bowls and making deep runs was us, was spreading the ball around, was getting utilizing all your weapons. And if they're not going to do that, a Dallas Cowboys that ranked second in sacks is going to make you pay because if you if you're not spreading the ball out, you're also probably not getting the ball out quick enough because you're waiting for your one or two guys to get open, and that's not a that's not a formula for success. So if this offense can't spread the ball around, they can't get other weapons involved. Hell, let Benny Scro get five targets. See if he's finally ready. I'm okay with somebody. That. You have to spread anybody. the ball around. You have to they get miss, other people. They, they miss Van Jefferson so much. People don't even realize. Yeah. they have no yeah. deep threat. Allen Robinson is not a deep threat. Um, they, they miss that over-the-top take deep shots to get safeties to stay back to create room for Allen Robinson to run a 15-yard dig. And, and right now, safeties aren't afraid of Cooper Cup getting behind them, and they're not afraid of Allen Robinson getting behind them. So everything is pinched up to the line of scrimmage, and there's no space. So it's, it's hard for Allen Robinson to get separation because there's no space for him to work, and that's not – I don't want to say I'm not trying to knock on Allen Robinson, again, but that's not his game. His game has never been big on separation. Like he's just a big physical guy who's been a really good receiver in contested catches and things like that. And right now he can't get open because of those things. I think that's even more on the Cooper Cup thing. And like not to not, not to disrespect Cooper Cup. He's an elite wide receiver. Let's we give credit to Cooper Cup for what he is. But you mentioned this earlier on in the show about how like teams will let you throw the dink and dunk running back pat like passes to the running back well if if the safeties are coming like that's what cooper cup was last year and it wasn't necessarily dink and dunk but a lot of short passes cooper cup making plays after that and and 
But now in in the slot, you, like you just said, and I've never thought about that, and it's such a great point, the fact that safeties are now coming up and not giving Cooper Cup that space. So it like it's not just linebackers covering Cooper Cup and that's it. It's now safeties coming up and covering Cooper Cup along with the linebackers, and it's it's harder for them to make big-time plays. And Cooper Cup is still going to get his, but like you well, said. That, but that's the thing. He's have... a typical slot receiver. And yeah, this is why a slot receiver is never a number one on a team. And we can talk about numbers all we want, but there's no threat. Defenses are not afraid of Cooper Cup getting behind you. We could talk. Yeah. Yes, he's had deep balls before. I get it. But when defenses view the offense of the Rams, most defenses in the NFL will give up five, seven, six, four, because the likeliness that you're able to drive down the field 80 yards without making a mistake is hard in this league. So they want you to run as many plays as you can to make that happen. So now with no deep vertical threat, you just pinch up, you pinch up. Now the space gets tighter. So maybe Cooper Cup is going for a few here, a few there. But if you disconnect one time, now it's third and eight. Now it's a sack. Now you're at, now you're punting the ball and you don't have to worry about anybody getting over the top of you. Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, those are guys that would do that. They would stretch the field vertical, keep those safeties honest. And then Cooper Cup could go to work where he was getting a lot of run after catch stuff too last year. And this year that's not happening. This year, some of it's catch, oh, I'm going down, catch, I'm going down. And so that starts to change what the Rams are able to do offensively. And I think it's the same similar situation here in this game. Um, Dallas is not going to want to give up anything behind them. They're going to keep everything in front. And, uh, you know, you're not going to see Diggs following Cooper Cup around. I don't care. Cooper Cup can catch 15 balls. Just don't get me. Diggs, Diggs interception in this game. I, I, I'd take that bet. I mean, it might not happen. It will – We'll see if that happens, but I like Matthew Stafford, his interceptions leading the league and uh, could be a bad day for the Rams. Uh, could be a bad day for the Rams, but I, I do think that they end up like that travel is going to be huge. The Cooper rush thing. I, I think that Sean McVay is a good enough coach and they, man, this, this fool said, this fool said that travel, you do, you do realize that travel is not very long, right? It's not, oh, <laughs> it's, not it's not that far from Texas to LA. They, they do hey, training camp in LA. AJ, who you got? Uh, I got the Cowboys in this game. Uh, give me 20, 21 to nah, 24 to 21. Yeah, I, I actually have Dallas too. I have them 23-20. It's not that hard. I'm going to go with the Rams here. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Not, I, I don't feel good about it. I want to pick the yeah. upset, but I'm being consistent with what I told you last week and the week before. Last year when I made my predictions, I picked too much with my heart. I didn't think about the 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 teams. Oh my god. Cowboys in this game. 26 24 Cowboys. Book it. There you go. Last game on our list. It's the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Arizona. Now this is some travel here. Uh the Eagles take on the Cardinals. The Eagles are five-point favorites in this game with an over-under of 49 points. Eagles undefeated heading into Arizona to take on the two and two Cardinals. Uh, this is a game where Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, two actually similar quarterbacks, right? In terms of like the skill set. Is that fair to say? Skill set is skill set wide. No, not the same. Okay. Completely disregard what I just said. Uh, both black athletic. Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, that's not really the route I was going to take, but if you want to go that route, I'm not going to. One's, one's, one's actually a very, very accurate passer. The other one's still working on his accuracy. Um, and which one is that? 
Oh, Kyler's way more accurate than, than Jalen Hurts. Kyler's one of okay. the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. He's just like oh, three okay. feet tall. So Yeah, that's 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 fair. Um okay, in this game though, in the quarterback matchup, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Uh, what do you expect to see from this offense for the Eagles? We've seen now I think we've seen two different versions of this offense. And I think that the the receivers have been have got got involved in that Jacksonville game. They had good days. Uh, but it was really mostly the rushing attack that was most successful last week against the Jaguars. And then the prior weeks, it's been Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith having days. Which offense do you think shows up in this game against the Cardinals? Uh, maybe is it more balanced? What do you what do you expect to see, Aaron, in this game from, from the Eagles offense? Uh, if they want to win, they're going to run the football. Uh, I actually don't look at the Philadelphia Eagles as this aired out team their their whole identity is built on that running game and a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts and his ability to extend plays uh, which in turn allows these receivers to be open and and he doesn't have to be as accurate when he's throwing the football you'll notice when he has to drop back and just throw he struggles when it's play action linebackers are biting up and he's getting in these guys into open space he's fine they scheme their receivers open or you're going to have A.J. Brown making a jump ball catch or something like that. But it's not Jalen Hurts throwing guys open. That's not his game. He's not that accurate. So to me, this offense is predicated on the run game. And when you look at the games that they've had success in, they've been able to run the football. Yes, at times, can they throw it all over the yard against some of these bad defenses? Yeah, many of them can. But I still think it really boils down to their ability to run the football. The only game where they really – Turd Bowl USA is every time Washington plays. Like that defense is not very good. So uh, for the most part, they come into this. That's the that's the game I said that that's the only game they've really been able to not run the ball successfully and have success offensively through the air. They are built on that run game. It started last year when they started playing well. It was because they were able to run the football. Teams were so afraid of having it just shoved down their throat that. They, they decided to come up, and that's when Jalen Hurts has been able to take his big shots. But they ran for 160 against Minnesota. They ran for, uh, I don't know how many yards against Jacksonville. They, they ran for like 800 yards against Jacksonville's defense. And so and then the first game of the year also had huge success on the ground, another 181 yards on the ground that day. So, uh, Or I'm sorry, two, like it was over 200 that day. They have been successful when they can run the football. They run the football, their offense will be good. If they don't run the football, you will see those are the games that Jalen Hurts struggles. Yeah, and this team, this team for the Eagles has been getting off to hot starts and then their second halves kind of fall off. But in this season so far, they're the first team since 2019 uh, to not trail in the second half through four games. So, like, they're starting off strong, but they're starting off so strong that it doesn't matter how many points score in the second half that they're still going to be ahead of you because they're they're – They've, their offense has been that good. Uh, AJ on the Cardinals side, what do they have to do to, to, to beat and to get the first loss uh, in the record book for the Eagles? Run the ball. <laughs> they, it's the same sort of conversation. I mean, James Conner has to get going. You know, Benjamin has actually been decent when they've given him the opportunity to give him a little bit more run. These guys uh, can, can run the ball well. And that allows Kyle Murray to be able to drop back a couple more times and get the ball out to these guys on the edge and allows Kyle Murray to be a threat with the run. If they can run – Philadelphia's pass defense is one of the better 
Kyler Murray to the NFL. And if Kyler Murray, as we can tell, they don't score in the first quarter, if they can, if they started getting turnovers and not scoring the first quarter, well, that puts you at a disadvantage for the rest of the game because you're going to have to be throwing. It's going to look a lot like when you're playing the Rams, you had 58 pass attempts. That's not that's not a formula for, for success with this Cardinals team. So if they can get the ball and they can push it forward on the run game, five, six yards at a time, and actually make this defense cheat up, and then you can get the play action going, which will allow Kyler Murray to have the space to take off as he does so well. Uh, I think that's going to be your best outlook to getting closer to a W in this game. Um, I just don't know if it comes to fruition the way they're hoping it does. Yeah, I don't think the Cardinals win this game. I still think the Eagles ah, – damn it. I'm, I'm going to say – before, before you say this, I'm going to say this. I know they played Minnesota, but it was Kirk Cousins on Monday night. This is the toughest test Philly's faced so far. And I, I know we haven't been crazy high on the Cardinals, but outside of that week one debacle uh, in Kansas City, which Kansas City just torched them, destroyed that defense. They're only giving up 17 points a game. God, I freaking hate media comp. Their defense has played so much better since J.J. Watt's been in the lineup. Uh, I expect the Cardinals' defense to, to be able to play well in this game. And I, I'm not saying – and it's a guarantee, but I would not be shocked if this game is a lot closer than than people or than it, it seems. Because I think we all think Philly's one of the better teams in football now, but I think there's going to be a, a little bit of a struggle here against Arizona's defense. Give me the Cardinals here. 28-26 Cardinals. Oh, Vinny, 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 Vinny. Why'd you take my upset? <laughs> I've, been go- I've, been, I've been going upsets all day. I want. I want. I also want to get in there first. I'm I felt a, like I'm gonna go with my heart. That's why. That's what. That's what my. That's what my heart says. Also, the travel. I'm a big travel guy. You know, me and me, me and my, uh, my 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 miles, my air miles. What, what do they call them nowadays? Sky miles. That's it. Air. What's your pick? I. I. I want to take the I want to take the Cardinals in this one, but I, I think that would be um, I think that would be a mistake. So, I'm, so I'm going to take Arizona. So take I'm going to take Arizona. I'm going to take Arizona. No, I'm going to take Arizona, and this is why. They're they're right. They're top five run defense. And it's what Philly does the best. And I think it's going to slow down Jalen Hurts. He'll be inaccurate at times. I will take I will take Arizona 23 to 20 as well. The same score I had last time. Oh my <laughs> god, what a clown. <laughs> no, I, I'm I, so I'm trying to do like five things at once. And as I'm as I'm trying to give you my score, look, look who's calling me. Oh, uh, he, just, he, he might have me when I'm on the show. Does he and didn't didn't send he his picks? Yeah, didn't, well, he didn't, didn't send, send well, his... neither one of these guys sent their picks last week, so we don't I absolutely that. did send my picks last week. Oh, yeah, right when I said, Oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot to send them. Do you still want them? You said, Yeah, sure, give them to me. So I sent them immediately, and then Vinny was like, Hey, what do you got? AJ's picks you like I said, screw it, don't even give us picks. So I just want to get that straight. My pick for this week on this game, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles get the W, uh, 33-28. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. In this game, they don't. Uh, Cardinals win. Uh, all right, that does it 
for our week five <laughs> game previews. If you missed a single game preview, they will be available on our YouTube page at Sac City Pod. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share. Be sure to comment. Let us know what you think. And make sure, you know what? This is honestly very simple. Joey like, B, you know, shut some... the hell up. Stop talking about my freezing. <laughs> I mean, it is a thing. It, it is. Oh, that is funny. Um, but, you know, honestly, with these YouTube videos, if you're watching at this point, be sure to like it. That's something we don't mention that often. Like the video, okay? Make sure you show us the love. Share, like, comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, all the videos will be there. We we do this show for all teams. Basically, like, we cover everything, but we make it so specific for your team that you can check it out on YouTube at Saxony Pod. AJ, do the beautiful people at home a favor and tell them where they follow us at. Yeah, like Vinny said, at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We appreciate the love. Hit that like button before you head out. Hit that share button before you head out. Post it on your pages. Post it on your Facebook. Post it on your Twitter. Post it on your IG. Get the show out there so everybody can join and you guys can talk shit in the, in the comments. At Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We appreciate the love your boys are right here every day monday through friday and sunday for pictures and pancakes don't forget the fantasy knowledge is next up on the schedule so be here 11 a.m sunday morning for pigskins and pancakes holla at you boy he's gonna take my line unbelievable this guy the disrespect i got a job to do i got i got a family to pay for i got bills to pay and you just taking my job like that unbelievable the disrespect we'll be back again like aj said 11 a.m. Eastern time for pigskins and pancakes. Uh, for all your fantasy talk, we got rankings, we've got injuries, we've got DFS, we've got it all. Be sure to check us out. 11 a.m. Pigskins and pancakes for my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson. I am me. We will see you tomorrow Sunday. He's out. Hello. <laughs>